0: Everyone, welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. This is where a couple of times a month we sit down and we have a conversation about what it means to live with intention, lead with confidence, and to love God and love the people in our lives generously. And I am pumped today because I have one of the most generous people that I know with me. He's a friend. He's a mentor a pastor of pastors, he's a dad, a grandfather of four beautiful granddaughters, and he speaks all over the world, but he's with us here today. And you know, sociologists say that you will become the um, the average of your five closest friends. And I heard this a long time ago, and we knew, Todd and I knew that we had to make Lance and Connie part of our top five. So Lance, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Julie. I love you guys, and you guys have become such dear friends to us, and I am just honored to get to do this week. With you today.
0: Well, I'm really excited that people get to hear from you because we've been hearing from you for years. As a matter of fact, we were at breakfast with Todd and Connie just a couple of days ago, and we started reviewing um, how we even met a little bit over 15 years ago. Um, Todd was the executive pastor here. This is before we transitioned into senior leadership, and you were also an executive pastor. Well, Todd was a young executive pastor, and and you were kind of a little bit ahead of him, really doing such an incredible job out at Saddleback church and he knew he needed a mentor so he actually like anytime he was at a round table with you he made sure he sat down right next to you and gleaned all your amazing wisdom right oh brother
1: <laughs> but it's really getting deep in here now so yeah well by you saying he was the young executive pastor I guess the uh. assumption is I'm the old executive pastor so I'll, I'll take that
0: well he did he learned so much from you and then you actually stepped down um, as an executive pastor and you started a ministry called called. Called Replenish. And it's all about investing in the lives of pastors so that they stay holy, healthy, and humble. And we knew that, um, that we wanted you in our lives. And so um, as we were beginning to transition into senior leadership, we actually, Todd knew you, but we actually, um, he, he wanted to make sure that I had the opportunity to meet you. So he flew you and Connie down here um, so that we could get to know each other. And we had such a great time that first
1: time. We- yes, we did. I remember, <laughs> in fact, you made such an amazing first impression <laughs> as you guys booked us to go out on a boat yes. out mm-hmm. into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not really ocean people. So this was quite a big deal for us to get on such a nice boat and be out on the ocean. And we're having all this great conversation. And yeah. then I noticed that oh. you're beginning to turn some different colors.
0: Yes. Green would actually be the color. And so you and Connie were having a great time. We were. I mean, you were fishing, having time. I had to like totally keep my eye on the horizon. Um, And this was, we were out pretty far. And I remember there was this one point where you were actually making sandwiches for you and Connie. And you said, Julie, would you like a sandwich? And I said to you, and remember, this is the first time I'd ever met you. I said, I cannot talk to you right now. I am going to lose my breakfast if I even turn around. And surprisingly enough, you know, we've stayed friends for 15 years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember talking to you in that moment and asking you something, and you couldn't even turn your head toward me. You just held Mm -hmm. up your finger as if to say... If I turn my head, I'm going to throw up all over this cabin. And so, yeah, so I have great (laughs) memories of our first encounter. You made such a huge impression. But it was kind of
0: uphill from there, right? Oh, it's been amazing (laughs) ever since. So, So since that time, um, you have been a mentor in mine and Todd's life. And um, we actually get together once a month for some great conversations, accountability. You ask us a lot of the hard, uncomfortable questions, and um, we won't go into that today, but we are going to be talking about? I brought (laughs) a
1: lot of notes of different things you guys have said through the year. So, (laughs) all right, we'll put that aside for another podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we've been talking in this series on the podcast all about relationships and particularly investing in the health of your relationships because the quality of the relationships that we have is really going to determine the quality of our life. And we've learned so much about relationships from you, but you recently wrote this book called Your One Life. Um, And by the way, we have a link to this book in the show notes. So if you're listening make sure you grab a copy because I love this book. It underscores the truth that in every relationship that I have, that there's one common denominator and that's me. <laughs> so if I can work on me, our relationships are going to get at least 50% better, right? And so um, this is kind of, you know, th- this book is a lot about working on yeah. yourself. And and so I just want to dive into some of the wisdom that um, that you pour out in this book. and And I would just love to hear, first of all, what was your inspiration about, writing this book?
1: Well, you know, when I first started writing it, it's been a little bit now, but I think especially over these last couple of years, I just am around so many people who it just feels like they struggle Mm. and they're disheartened and discouraged, a lot of anger and confusion in the culture. And um, I really wanted to write a book that would give people hope and practical help and encouragement. Um, about how to live not just a great life, but a rich, meaningful, purposeful life. And and honestly, Julie, one of the things I had in my mind is I could envision my four little granddaughters someday growing up and sitting down as young adults. And what is it that I would want to say to them? As someone who has now been on the planet for six decades, (laughs) what would I say to them about how to navigate this thing Mm. called life and to really make sure you steward well the one and only life you're ever going to get.
0: Wow, I love that. Well, you start your book out with kind of um, an interesting
1: story about,
0: yeah, something we don't always like to think about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, part of the book is, again, stewarding, like, the, this one life you've got and part of that realize is realizing that you're not going to be here forever and so i share a story of when i was just 19 years old and a young aspiring pastor and we were actually preaching at this church and a, and a guy who had been in the church for a long time passed away and so the pastor asked if i would like to help and if Connie and her friend Diane would like to help and participate in the service and give us some experience with doing a funeral and so I said, well, sure, and so the pastor said, really, your part's really easy. I'm going to ask you to read a passage of Scripture. I'm going to ask you to pray, and then he said, at the end of the service, all the people are going to file by at the end of the service and see the person in the casket, and I'll stand at the head of the casket, you stand at the foot of the casket, and as people pass by, just kind of pastor them. So everything is going pretty well until the next to the last person coming by was this old guy's sister. And so she was just absolutely overcome with grief. Mm -hmm. And so much so that she, as she approached the casket, she just came unraveled. And as she approached the casket, she um, just said, you can't leave me. And then, Julie, she started climbing into the casket with this guy. And so by the time I'm aware of what's going on, she has one leg up in the casket. She is hugging her brother and sobbing and saying, you can't leave me. So this is my first funeral to ever be a part of. And so the funeral director and the pastor come over and they gently pull her away from the body. And the pastor leans over, and then over his shoulder, he says to me, hey, straighten up the body. <laughs> now, I can't do that. I, I'm sitting here with this dead corpse, and the guy is now laying over on the side of the casket. He's rolled over on his side. His glasses are <laughs> cockeyed, and his hair is completely messed up. And so I did, I thought, an admirable job. I pushed him into the middle of the casket, and then I left. <laughs> So, welcome to ministry.
0: Wow. Yeah. I I can I can't even top that ministry story, but that that is amazing. Um but that, you know, that again, these are the the moments <laughs> I guess that, you know, that that we look at and and I don't even know what to say. <laughs> wow, I don't even know where to go from there, but that is, you know, it's such a powerful reminder that None of us are going to be here forever, right? And, and it's so important that we pay attention to this one life, this yes. one life that we have, and, and the moments that actually make up this life. You know and I, I love how you, um, you address moments in in your book and, and you talk about the most valuable possession that we have in this life that we have. the most valuable possession is our time. And, you know, in the English language, there's one word for time, but actually in the Greek language that the, the scripture is written in, there's, there's actually two definitions for the word time. And, and why don't you unpack a little bit about what you talk about in your book about the two kinds of time?
1: Yeah, so part of that is really leaning into a passage where Paul in Ephesians 5 is challenging us as Christians to redeem the time at least that's the way it's written in the King James language. He says redeem the time because the days are evil. And so like you mentioned there are two words for time in Greek. One is the word chronos and that's yeah. where we get the word chronological. It's the Uh, the quantitative use of time that every minute is the same when it comes Mm -hmm. to Kronos. Every hour is the same. It contains 60 minutes. And so Kronos is always the same. But Kairos is really different. Kairos is about maximizing the hours and days that God has given us on the planet. So one way you could look at it is that Kronos is really about marking time but Kairos is about stewarding time. And so a lot of the book is really about calling us to make sure that we steward and maximize the days and moments that yeah. we have. Because mm-hmm. you don't get a second shot. There's mm-hmm. no second go-round, no reincarnation. You don't get a mulligan when it right. comes to life. Like so. We're going to get one shot at this planet. And at least for me, that raises the intensity about wanting to make sure that I have as many Kairos timely moments that I am filling with purpose and meaning as possible Mm -hmm. in this life.
0: That's so good. And you know, um, those moments don't just happen. Right. You have to be intentional about making those moments. And I've I've watched you, Lance, to to really be able to create some of those Kairos moments in the lives of your family, in the lives of your grandkids. I, um, I, I love how you you do something called Cousin Camp every single summer where you guys take your four granddaughters away and you invest heavily for an entire week. It's like this Kairos week for them that they're going to remember forever. And, and it's just been amazing to watch you do that. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's so easy in the busyness of life to the, the time that our, our chronos time can just kind of slip away. And one of the things you talk about in your book is that, that there's a, a, a danger word. You know, one of the most dangerous words that, that, you, that, that there is in the English language is the word someday. Why do you
1: think that's a danger word? I just think about how many people probably get to the end of their life and have a tremendous amount of regret around things mm. they never got around to, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, anybody listening to this podcast could just sit for a moment and answer the question, someday I'm going to and fill in the blank, yeah. right? Someday I'm going to make things right with my mom. Mm. Someday I'm going to go back to school Someday we're actually going to take that trip that we've talked about taking. Someday I'm actually going to get to know my my neighbors. And and to tie it back to the previous question, I think really what someday represents for us is a longing for more kairos moments of moments that are packed with meaning and that are rich for us. And, And here's the real problem is that someday robs us of this day. Wow. And say that again. Say that again. We, say so that, that again. Some, someday, the problem is that someday robs us of this day. Mm. And so I would say to all of us, this is the moment to take ownership of your one and only life. Wow! That's why I kind of, the tagline of the book is own it, live it, love it. Mm-hmm. And I think it really does start with you owning it. And starting today, like for some of us, maybe the big takeaway is like you just drive a stake in the ground today and stop talking about all the things you're going to do someday. And you're going to say, hey, I have what I need right now to start living this rich, amazing life, and I'm going to go for it. Wow, that's
0: so good. You know, I think about the fact that there's a lot of books out there written about time management and managing your you know, your calendar, managing your time. But what if we were that intentional about managing our Kairos moments, those moments that are gonna make a difference in the lives of, of the people around us? It's, that's yeah. so good. So I'm gonna make kind of a sharp turn here. But in your book, you also talk about what you would consider the most important word in the Bible. And I find that stunning because that's kind of a, a declaration to make. So you know, um, what would you consider the most important word in the Bible?
1: Well, I think if we did a survey of all the people listening to this podcast and we asked them, we would get words like, well, obviously Jesus or God, but things like love, cross, salvation, truth, right? All those would be big words. But I think a word that maybe wouldn't get any votes but might actually be the most important word in all the Bible is the word glory. In fact, in, in 1643, the English parliament has some of the leading scholars and theologians of their day to write sort of a document on the essence of Christianity. And they, they met at the Westminster Abbey, get this, for five years. Wow. And when they came out with the Westminster Catechism, the number one question they dealt with is, what is the chief end of man? Now think about how much could be written about answering that, right? So, all of these theologians came back with an 11-word answer, and their 11-word answer is, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And so, as we talk about crafting the one and only life you've been given, the starting place isn't your preferences, it's God's purposes. It's mm-hmm. not just your dreams, it's really the destiny that God has marked out for you. And so to really understand why you were created, you have gotta ask the creator. And I, I wanna break the news to some who are probably listening to this podcast and it's gonna be a shock to your system, but you are not the center of the universe. <laughs> I know that's, that's a blow to somebody's wow. ego <laughs> and maybe contrary to what your grandma told you, <laughs> but God doesn't exist for mm-hmm. us. We right. exist for Him. He's Creator; we're creation, uh, and our job is to to bring glory to Him, to make Him known and famous, and to uh, to bring more people who would worship Him and know Him. And oh. so, that's really at the end of the day, why we were put on this earth is wow. to bring glory to God.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of the things you also say is that how do we how, how can we live our life in a way that does. Bring glory to him. And I think that this is the question that once we know, you know, that, that right. that's why we're here in the first place, how do we how do we even order our lives to live for his glory?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. That word often feels ethereal and mystical mm-hmm. and like what does it really mean? But I think for me, starting with God's glory helps me understand true north in my life. Right. So that if I could start off each day and ask myself the question, how can I actually live today on this day that would make God happy, that would bring him glory? That's a totally different path than saying, hey, how do I pursue my dreams and ambitions and how do I make myself as happy as possible? Those are two very different paths. So, for example, I think it's asking the question, how do I actually bring God glory in my work today? Mm -hmm. How do I bring God glory in my marriage or my friendships or how I spend my money or what I do with my technology devices? I think, Julie, it's really like in everyday, normal, common, mundane things, how do I actually make God Mm -hmm. famous and happy and blessed and I think this has real-life implications because how you answer those questions determines the direction of your life. Mm -hmm. Are you going to live for your own desires and pleasure? Is it going to be pop culture? or or Is your navigation system for life going to be God's glory or just your own preferences? Mm -hmm. And so understanding God's glory really does help inform The purpose of my life and how I'm going to live my life. Okay, so that
0: is so good. I mean, now that we've kind of, you know, identified that that His glory is our North Star, that's the direction that we're heading in, um, I guess my question would be if someone out there is wondering, you know, how do I even begin this journey? How do I figure out my purpose? Because, you know, there's millions of people in the world, right? He created us uniquely, but as as humankind, our purpose is to, you know, is, is to right. live for his glory. But how do I figure out my unique
1: individual purpose in this world? Yeah, and I think just to underscore that you're right, we, we do have a collective purpose. All of us mm-hmm. are put here so that we might bring glory to God. But you have a unique individual purpose mm. because you were uniquely born at this time in history to your family, to your set of circumstances, and your socioeconomic class, with your personality and your wiring and your ethnicity. And so, like, you want to find out what is my, and for me, what is Lance's unique calling and purpose on this planet. And so if I were to sit down and quickly kind of give someone some bullet points of how they might go about that, I would say number one is just begin with God and his word. Yeah. Like w- what does scripture reveal about why you're here and what we're all supposed to be doing? And, and then I would say go beyond that to become a student of your own wiring and your own soul. That's good. So Julie, I would say things like, pay attention to your desires. Mm. Pay attention to what uh, brings passion out of you. Pay attention to what you care about and what you have convictions about. And then I think it's also helpful in discovering your life purpose, like to get feedback from other people. And go, what do you see in me? What, yeah. what am I really good at? When do I come to life? And when, when am I seemingly most alive as you observe me? And then I would say as a final kind of piece of this is actually sit down and craft a life purpose statement. Mm. Now, let me give one caution here. This is transcendent of your job. So this is bigger than just your vocational purpose. This is your life purpose. And I think there's something powerful about actually writing this down. We used to have this saying at Saddleback that thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and fingertips, right? Mm -hmm. So when you speak something or write it, it brings clarity. Mm -hmm. So it's been helpful for me to write my life purpose, which is to steward my one and only life. I need to love God deeply lead myself tenaciously, shepherd my family intentionally, Mm -hmm. and coach and serve leaders unselfishly. Wow, That's Mm -hmm. why I'm on this planet. And I feel like if I can do those things, which by the way, are consistent with God's word and consistent with his glory, that if I could do that, Julie, I Mm -hmm. could get to the end of my days and go, this was an amazing ride and a life worth living.
0: Wow, that's so good and Lance I've I've watched you live out that purpose and we're going to put that purpose statement and also those questions for reflection so that each one of us can can begin to write out our purpose because I think this is something that all of us, you know, if we will wrestle this to the ground and just spend some time reflecting on on God's unique design for each one of us and I love how yours is reflective of of the unique design that time yeah. and the place and the gifting that He's placed within you. And, and I, I just want to challenge all of us to just spend some time with this, really
1: reflecting on this. And Can and I just, just make one comment? I think yes. one of the most beneficial things to this is it really does help you to know what to say yes to and yeah. what to say no to. Right? Mm-hmm. It really does become kind of that filter. So, yeah. That's so good, and I, I've seen
0: that again in our own lives. You know, that when you when you're clear on your purpose, yeah. it does want you you want to order your life in a way that is going to move you towards that purpose and move you to the, towards that goal of um, of like you said, getting to the end and being able to look back and go, this has been an amazing ride. God, you were faithful. And by your grace, I was faithful too, wow. to what you've called me to. But how, how do you even begin to lead yourself, right? Because yeah. sometimes we want somebody else to lead us <laughs> into our purpose, You know, kind of put that on someone else. But how do we begin to lead ourselves to even be, begin to fulfill that purpose?
1: Yeah, I think the first step is just for you to kind of declare and own that you're responsible for your life. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. anybody who's been around me for more than 10 minutes has probably heard me quote Henry Cloud's statement that I love is that you are ridiculously in charge of your life. Right. And I am responsible. I'm not a victim. Yes, I, I've been influenced by things from my past and my family of origin, but God has given me everything I need to live the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And so I need to realize that I'm gonna give an account for my life. I'm not gonna give an account for your life, Julie, and you're not gonna give an account for my life. Like, I am going to. So I think the first step is like going, this is my one and only life. Mm -hmm. And have you ever noticed how many people have a plan for your life and would love to tell you (laughs) what to do with your life, right? But I think at the end of the day to go, Mm -hmm. but wait, it's not their life. You can support me, you can encourage me, you can counsel me, but at the end of the day, I have to lead myself. And I love this quote from John Cotter that I use in the book. Most people don't lead their own lives, they accept their Mm -hmm. lives. And I think, far too many of us are passive and we just sort of go along with the voices in our head of our parents or our coaches or some teacher telling us who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to live. And that might be helpful, but sometimes, honestly, it's not very helpful. And so I think you have to own it But then I think you also have to manage your life well, right? Mm -hmm. According to your priorities, according to your values, order your days around the things that really matter to you. And part of that, by the way, means you have to care for yourself. Yeah. So I want to say to everybody listening, you have limits. Mm -hmm. And you are finite. And you need to do whatever it takes to make sure that you are the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that means rest, recreation, fun, Sabbath, the best gift you will give your family and your coworkers is a healthy you, and so self care is not selfish. It's actually good stewardship, mm. and so taking care of yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself yeah. will be a great gift you give to the people around you.
0: Wow, that's so good. I think that a lot of um, of women out there that are listening, you know, young moms. Self care is not selfish, right? Yeah. Um, some of you single girls out there that that are working hard every single day of the week and 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 still serving, you know, serving the church and and doing everything you can to make ends meet. I just want you to know, self care is not selfish, and yeah. it's it's good leadership. It's leading yourself well, and it is a, the greatest gift that you can give to any relationship that you're in is a healthy. Mm-hmm. Humble, <laughs> you yes, know, you. And so, um, so this is this is just so important. You know, you, you talk also in your book um, about the fact that that life in twenty twenty two it can be complicated and complex, and you know, and and we just. Talked about self-care and self-leadership, and and this is not an easy you know task to undertake. But but you talk about something that um, that in this complicated, complex world that that scripture gives us kind of a solution to all the complexity in a spiritual practice that you unpack. And why don't you tell us a little bit about this practice because this is one that I find really challenging in my yeah. in my spiritual walk.
1: Yeah, it's really summed up in one word, which is simplicity, mm-hmm. and. It does feel like it's such a challenge in our complicated, always plugged in, fast-moving kind of world. Um, but I don't know if this is true for you, but I find at my age now, like, simplicity just resonates with my soul. Like, yeah. I want simple. I don't want complicated right. and confusing. Like, keep it simple and and clear for me. And so I've thought a lot about, like, how do we help people move toward simplicity, because let's be honest, we have a ton of options of what we could do with our time and how we could spend our time. And you know, I remember this saying once is, you, you can do almost anything you want, you just can't do everything you want. <laughs> and if okay. you're going to have a simple life, you've got to narrow the focus. So mm-hmm. I use this little formula that I use called clarity plus courage plus calendar equals simplicity. So mm-hmm. to unpack that just a bit, clarity is, I got to get clear about God's glory about his truths and what he says is important in the world. Then I've got to get clear around who I am and what's my unique purpose and how I'm wired and what really brings me to life. But it's not enough to just be clear. Mm -hmm. I I, I meet people all the time who I think they're pretty clear about what the Bible teaches Mm -hmm. and all of that, but what they aren't doing is ordering their lives around that. And so I think that leads us then to this issue of courage and how do I actually take ownership of my life in such a way that I actually courageously order my days around the things that I say are most important to me. And then the last part of the equation is, at the end of the day, it's got to show up on my calendar. right? Because my calendar is where my time and my values converge. Mm -hmm. And so if I can get clear about what really matters... If I can start having the courage to make hard decisions and saying yes to the right things, no to the things that shouldn't be in my life, and then I can actually order my days on my calendar around my priorities, I think we can get to simplicity. That's so good. Clarity, courage, and calendar. Calendar.
0: That's easy to remember. Yeah, Simplicity is, is simple, but it's... It's not that's always a simple easy, equation. but that's an easy formula to remember. Yeah. So it's a good start. Thank you for that. That was so good. You know, um, Lance, as we're kind of winding down our time, if you could leave every girl out there that's listening with one piece of advice or a nugget or a principle from your amazing book, your one life, own it, live it, and love it, what would that be?
1: I would say win the battle of everyday life. Mm. Um, so, in this one chapter, I start with this saying, it's actually a sign that was on a kind of a monastic um, house, and it says, everyone wants a revolution, but no one wants to do the dishes. And <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, yeah, And I think we live in this day where we're, there's this culture and with social media where everyone wants to do the extraordinary. and. And we kind of avoid the daily life of the ordinary. And everywhere you go these days, you hear people talk about, you know, be epic, next level, life-changing, right. radical, yeah. um, legendary, make a difference, go big, go home, right? It's, it's kind of how we talk in our world. And uh, But I go, what if really at the end of the day, the power of my life was just living really well every day that God has in front of me. I love what Annie Dillard says when she says, how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. So as we wrap this up, I'll just leave you with this one verse that has been resonating in me for the last year or so. So it's Paul writing and and he talks about ambition. And you think about, if he's gonna write ambition about ambition, he's gonna talk about changing the world, right? And something epic and amazing. And he says, make it your ambition, get this, To lead a quiet life. Yeah. Wow. And then he says, hey, mind your own business, work with your hands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then he says, the result will be that you will win the respect of outsiders and you won't be dependent on anyone else. And I think how different than our cult of the ordinary. And so my final challenge is like, hey, next time you want to go out and do something epic and change the world and be the greatest of all time, Mm -hmm. how about if you just nail Tuesday?" right? If yep. you could just get Tuesday <laughs> and then let's work on Wednesday, yep. but let's start with yep. winning the battle of everyday life. That's so
0: good. I'm going to crush Tuesday this week, so that's so good. Lance, thank you so much for for being with us. This has been such a rich time, and I'm loving it. There's so much that we can reflect on, and we're going to make sure that we put the title of your book and how they can get it in
1: the show notes, and we're pretty pumped about that. Well, you know, Julie, you actually get a shout-out in the book. I don't know if you noticed. I
0: hardly noticed on chapter 25 on page 240 that my name was mentioned there.
1: (laughs) Didn't even notice at all. Yeah, well, you're so humble. Well,
0: after 15 years, you know, I'm yes. glad that I, that I yes. made it in you there. You deserve but, a shout out uh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Lance, thank you so much. This has been so, so great. And hey, if you're joining us for the very first time, we're so glad that you joined us on the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can get all the notes in the show notes. And again, we have Lance's book in there. And we will see you next time on So Good Sisterhood. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, sogoodsisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.